You are listening to Billionaires in Boxes, the number one podcast publicist for businesses globally. Hello and welcome to this edition of Billionaires in Boxes with me, your host, Phil Paluccia. This is going to be an exciting episode, so get yourself a coffee, get yourself a tea, get yourself a water, get yourself a beer. Whatever it is that you are drinking, you are going to want to hear about this. Uh, This entire podcast is on an incredibly innovative project called HitLab. It is going to change and revolutionize the world of music, and I do not say that lightly. Um, I have two of the co-founders here with me, Rick and Michelle. Uh, We are going to dive straight into this, gents. It's a a pleasure to have you both here. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So let's dive straight into the background story because I want to hear a little bit about about each of you uh, and also about kind of how you got involved in HitLab. So Michelle, if we can, let's let's start with you, my friend. And what give us a little bit of an overview of, of you and, and, and your career because I know it's been a, an extremely exciting one uh, and and how it is you've got involved in HitLab. Well, Rick is really one of the founder. Well, I'm not, so maybe Rick should give you the founding initial words. So I'll let Rick, who's our executive chairman do the opening statement. So please, uh, Rick. Oh, Michelle. He's passed that hot potato there, hasn't he? He's like, you do it. So, (laughs) Phil, we, I guess Pierre Gauthier, my partner, and who sadly could not attend this podcast, um, had the idea of um, creating algorithms that can actually determine what a hit song is. So, a very long story. The algorithms were in existence, they were purchased um, from the University of Lyon about 12 years, 13 years ago. And they were initially used in, in the mining business as a predictive, um, a predictive tool for discovering of new metal, um, metal minerals and mines um, in, in the mining business. And um, over a period of time, uh, Pierre spoke to some of his PhDs and said, can we use this in, in, for instance, the music business? And of course they said, absolutely, we can repurpose it and break the songs down into uh, 84 different wavelengths and um, use uh, a bass. And the bass could be anything uh, you want it to be. It could be the Billboard 100 for the past five years. It could be the Billboard 200 for the past 10 years. Could be um, all of the hit songs in a particular genre of music could be anything. And then you, you, um, punch in a song, load up a MP3 and, and have it scored accordingly. And we, we developed a scoring system. So that's really how it started. And, um, um, Pierre is a, a brilliant creator and, um, he said, uh, let's go. And I wrote the, one of the first checks. It was a significant check back in those days. And uh, then we were off and running. And we we did um, numerous tests and, and proof of concepts with the Grammys, with the Boston Red Sox. And uh, over the years, we found that we were a little too early, um, probably seven years too early. Um, you'd speak to people about artificial intelligence and algorithms and how to predict a hit song even two or three years ago, they'd look at you as if we're crazy. But we stuck it out, and um, uh, we've we've got a, a terrific opportunity ahead of us today. 
Absolutely. And, and it's it's nice that the market's finally caught up. I mean, we had this conversation uh, during our work together, but as many of our listeners will know, I, I was heavily involved in mixed reality and artificial intelligence probably around seven or eight years ago. And you know, had a very similar experience when it came to dealing with corporations and businesses about predicting the behavior of their customers and marketing, which I think actually has probably caught up um, uh, a little bit sooner than, than this had. But I can fully understand that kind of a having something in your hands that you can see how powerful it is, but needing to wait for the market to mature and, and really get ready for that. And Michelle, you, you actually came from the entertainment industry, didn't you? Yes, uh- the opposite of uh, Pierre and Rick's world. You know, I have 100% show business, basically. So, you know, and I've been in every aspect of it, you know, from music to film to TV animation. And uh, I've been working with Rick and Pierre uh, almost now for 10 years. Uh, I left after two to go back to my core business I came back four years ago, and since then I've been very working very closely with both Pierre and Rick to bring HitLab from a full-fledged R&D company to a full-fledged B2B and B2C company, whereby we've uh, created initially a TV format called Man vs. the Machine, which is, uh, you know, in effect, a remake I would say of similar shows as The Voice or uh, American Idol, except it costs plus or minus 10% of the cost of all the others in the fact that it is not geolocalized and that all participants can actually enter the TV show just virtually and not have to travel anywhere and wait and, you know, and spend all sorts of dollars. And we will need also very expensive celebrity judges. However, the end product will showcase the best of the best worldwide. Mm-hmm. At the same time and in parallel, we're developing our Digital Emerging Artist Showcase, which has now been launched initially in Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa first, with a partners such as Trace and Boomplay, and is really showing that there are amazing unknown talents everywhere in the world. And by using our technology, they can immediately get a result within less than two minutes and know where they stand, not only vis-a-vis our patent and proprietary technology, which analyzes their song against the 83 parameters that makes up the DNA of any song, regardless of its language, regardless of its style. But also, besides that initial score, they also are compared to similar songs that have made either the Billboard chart in America or charts all over the world, since you know we are analyzing songs in any language. That's the number two. And thirdly, all, after all of those comparisons, they get on a leaderboard where both of the preceding scores are tagged together and they get on a leaderboard and are there basically as a playlist of the top 100 from all those countries. 
So now we're in Africa. Within the next two months, we'll be in Eastern Europe, then all of South America, then India. So within the next six to eight months, we'll be all over the world and thus show talent exists everywhere regarding of their language, their culture, their, uh, you know, their talent, not necessarily, you don't have to be in the biggest cities, mm-hmm. have huge budgets to show your talent. We are in effect, what we call ourselves the democracy of music and also where music meets technology. That's what HitLab is all about. I absolutely love that. And, and, and since I did work with you, I've been having a real nerd off about this stuff. I mean, you and I sort of had a pretty deep conversation about this, even at the end of our last discussion, the two of us stayed on and, and discussed this. But I really kind of wanted to, to break it down for the audience in terms of the music industry, the artists, and then how this is going to be good for businesses as well. So if we may, I'd like to start with the music industry, because obviously, you know, from, from what you're saying here, and, and I want to clarify that for our audience as well, that this is what we're saying. And if, if, if the software has the ability and the algorithms have the ability to predict um, the next hit song and help identify artists and all that kind of stuff, surely that revolutionizes the way that the music industry and entertainment industry works in terms of record signing labels and signing artists and you know even being able to reverse engineer how likely and how big a success an artist is likely to be you know, based on the science and data behind that. Is that, a, is that a fair thing to say? It is totally a fair thing to say. You know, we are basically a service for the industry. You know, no human can actually listen and get a real, you know, fair judgment on maybe eight songs a day. We can analyze 100,000 per hour. <laughs> so, you know, any A&R... You know, we come along and we help him, you know, sift through all of what he receives. And then we help him by doing all the backhand work. Then he, the human, will decide not only based on the mathematical score, but then he can add his opinion, you know, his, you know, his human taste to it. So... We are, and we were told, in effect, exactly that by a lot of the major record companies that none of them today, especially in COVID time, can actually go to bars, go to concerts, go anywhere and listen to artists. We come along and say, okay, well, they can all go through our DNA and get those results. And DNA is only one of our patented technology because DNA analyzes a full song, but we also have another one called Can You Sing, which is another technology which analyzes the quality of a voice. So there again, anyone who thinks they can sing can actually put his voice through our technology, get a score, and if it shows that they have a lot of potential, then we can mix and match with producers, writers, and so forth, and thus makes a great voice with great songs. So we become a tool now, not only for the producers, but also for the talent and for the music publishers 
whereby they can, you know, just access, oh, we're looking for such a voice. Here's our, the HitLab big data. And here, you use it as you see fit. But then, and I'll let Rick continue on that. We've also created, well, we, I should say, it was Rick's really idea, and he put it all together, the HitLab Academy, whereby, you know, as you know, no artist is ever satisfied. Even with his biggest hit, he always thinks he can do better. So Rick came up with the idea, why don't we create a, a school that will help in every facet of the music industry? So I'll let Rick continue because he's the he's really the one who is the architect of the HitLab Academy. Well, I guess I'm, a, I'm the initial architect, but there's many more architects. Um, uh, Phil, we, we signed a deal with the Provo of, of the University of Southern California School of Arts and Music. His name is A.J. Kapoor. He has a PhD in AI as well as um, music. And he's got a, a couple of interesting TED Talks, by the way. You can uh, go have a look at them. Um, and the idea is our, our budget in the next 24 months, worst case, worst case is to have 2 million artists uh, engaged on the site and best case would be about 12 to 12 and a half million. Um, the question is, what do we do with all of the artists that don't win anything? So that's going to be 99. You know, 5% of the artists. So we said, well, we don't want to discourage them and we don't want to disengage them. We want to encourage them. So we're, we're now creating uh, a HitLab Academy with the use of AI and the use of uh, our algorithms and additional tools, we're going to develop and create um, a series of courses uh, with respect to uh, teaching artists how to improve their music, whether it be the song, the lyrics, the beat, uh, what have you. And that is in the process of being created and, and we should be going live uh, with our first course uh, in the next uh, few months, and um, we're very excited about that because we're mm. going to we're going to price the courses based on the GDP per capita per country. Wow! So in other words, if we charge fifty bucks in North America, Canada, U.S., uh, we'll probably charge less than five in many countries in Latin America and Africa. Wow! Because we recognize that they can't afford fifty bucks. So it's really about the democracy of music. We're not here for a money grab. We're here to teach the artists and help the artists to, to become successful. The other thing that we've decided to introduce is, is something called NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And um, we're in the process of putting uh, the plan together with our team. And um, in the next little while, uh, we expect to have the legal imprint of uh, our NFTs. And for instance, if we can score a song and an artist loads up their song and we score it, let's say, at 90 plus percent, very high likelihood that we'd like to have uh, that NFT from that artist. So we'll put together our, our own fund and um, we'll uh, actually buy, the fund will buy and offer, make an offer to the top one, two percent artists of the artists that we have will buy the NFTs. And imagine if an outstanding artist 
from an African country that has an average GDP of $2,000 per person, and they rank 95 on our score, and we give them uh, an NFT for $1,000 or $2,000, and we, we do a, a wire transfer or we manage to, to facilitate them picking up those funds um, if they're not bankable, if they're not banked. Um, imagine if they receive, you know, 100% of their of the GDP per capita in in one shot with an NFT. I mean, it's it's outstanding what this can do to change the lives of, of people that are totally unknown, but yet have amazing talent. Well, I also love the fact that you, I mean, look, there's so much there, isn't there? But I mean, the Academy, I think, is a phenomenal idea. I love the fact that it, it's the, the, the cost of that is going to track GDP, local GDP. I think that's, I've not even heard of things like that before. I think I don't think, I don't think we've ever seen that before. No, Maybe I don't think I have. I think and, that's really clever. That, it's, it's such a great idea. And, and again, I think what it does do is show for, for I already know this because which is why we're working together. But I think what it does as well is it shows the audience and anybody listening and anybody engaging with HitLab that, as you said, this is not a money grab. This is not a um, you know we've come up with something so we're about to monopolize the, the music industry and take all of the money for ourselves. This is about empowerment, and I think that's that's the most exciting part of this is that you know it's no longer about. Um, and in fact, look, my I have a family who who've been in the entertainment industry, and they I know firsthand that often you don't even get the introduction or the audition if you've not come from a particular you know music school or a particular uh, performing arts college or whatever it's going to be or a particular company or academy, like it's almost a who's who, right? You've got to know somebody before you even get the introduction. Whereas what this does is it, it provides a real leveler, right? It, it means that the person who spent the last 15 years going through performing arts college has just as much as a chance as the person who lives in a small village that would never have the opportunity or the funds to be able to attend an academy like that to be able to really showcase what they can do. And I, and I think that's, that's where the can you can sing part of this comes in as well because – you know, there are lots of people out there who believe that they can sing. And I think, you know, many people will talk about the music industry and talk about auto-tune and things about how it became almost like a, you you know, you'd give a model a, a record label because it was how they looked rather than how they sounded. And what this does for me is it takes music back to its core and what it really should be, which is about the talent, right? Um and and I absolutely love that. And the NFT side of things as well. I mean, you know, we we spoke about this last time we spoke, and and it excited me tremendously. And that's not diminished over time because, as you say, that that has the potential to be life changing money for somebody. But what it also does from a business perspective for you is it gives you. Uh, access to and a commercial agreement with the top one or two percent of artists who are on this platform meaning that from a uh, commercial perspective i mean any record producer record label entertainment company whatever that doesn't have a relationship with hitlab is really going to be missing out because you know it takes a lot of the the guesswork out of this doesn't it yeah and if i may add phil um when we have video on our site, which is coming shortly. Um, imagine this, if, if a fantastic female artist from a small little village in Africa or Latin America or even Southeast Asia puts up a song and um, she's doing an amazing dance and she's got uh, 
terrific props and excellent um, colors and and music behind it. Mm -hmm. and imagine if she has this fantastic purse that your wife will say, wow, that purse is so cool. I'd like to buy it. Mm. We're working with a technology partner right now that we can tag that purse and, and her jewelry, so her earrings, and she, mm. she's wearing a watch or whatever. We can put tags in all of the products. And if you'd like to buy that purse for your wife, um, and this particular artist, let's say it's, she's from Tanzania, and um, the purse is available at Jumaya, which is the, the Amazon of Africa, um, and it's $299. You can go point, click, and get it delivered to you wherever you are in the world in less than a week or two, depending on, on where you live. And if that purse is $299, that artist could get 10%. Oh, wow. $10 each time she sells a purse. So it's integrated e-commerce as well, built in. As a what product you're placement fee. Mm. I mean, I that's, mean, that's absolutely extraordinary for the potential of an artist to monetize him or herself. It sure is. I mean, I imagine, I mean, let's be perfectly honest, there are established artists who I think would enjoy that. Um, you know, that, that's something that at the moment, I mean, as you know, preaching to the converted here, but that market is there's a lot of people that already have their hand in that pot to get take money out whenever an artist does something. So to give the, the power back to the artist as well regarding giving them the slice of the pie and, and kind of uh, giving them the power back, you know, giving them the power to earn from this as well as produce this music and put it out there, I think is, yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's so much to go at this. And, and the one thing we haven't even touched on, and for me, it was one of those things that I had a, uh, I, I have a client of mine actually, and he calls it the money smile. It's when you realize something and have a light bulb moment and realize what it can do and you just can't help but have that smile. Um, yeah. And I had that moment when I realized what this could do in terms of businesses and corporations when it comes to influencer marketing. So influencer marketing is it's a massive business, but it's also extremely expensive. You know, yeah. if you look at sort of A-list celebrities, you know, the, the cost of them sending out an Instagram post or a tweet or whatever on your behalf is incredibly expensive. Never mind having them as an ambassador or face of your brand. Whereas, you know, reverse engineering this, if we can look at, let's take Africa as an example, right? Businesses and corporations in South Africa are going to be able to give what is at the time life-changing money to artists who are likely to be the next big thing based off the scientific algorithms that are showing them that and get them involved. I mean, I, I likened it when we last spoke to imagine signing up Justin Bieber to a two, three, four year deal to be the face of your brand when he was still on YouTube. What would that have done for your brand? What does that do for that relationship? You know, the, the opportunities really are extraordinary. Indeed. You know, just a comment on that, Phil, when, when Michelle and I, we're doing our budgets for the board of directors of HitLab. I think we had nine revenue items, uh, line items, and now we're up to 11 or 12, uh, including the NFTs. But in, in several of them, we, we've just put zero. Like we have a TV show that's ready to go, but we're not going to launch the TV show until COVID-19 is, is hopefully uh, past us. Mm -hmm. um, and we have numerous... Uh, revenue lines that that uh, are extremely generous for the artists and uh, we're hoping to change a lot of people's lives i can see that and i can see how as well i mean it's the 
as I said, even just touching on the ideas we've discussed so far, I mean, it's the it's the NFTs, it's the it's the giving them a slice of the revenue from the e-commerce and product placement side, um, and then obviously from the influencer marketing. I mean, you imagine being an unknown artist from from a town or village. I mean, we're using Africa as an example because I know that's where you're pushing at the moment. So, it, you know, talk, even talking about rural South Africa, right? You're you're from a, ro- a small rural town in South Africa. You you upload what you do you're you're becoming a hit people can see what you do you've got the nft so you've got some money in your back pocket and now local businesses who are innovative and on top of their game are contacting you to offer you a fee to become an ambassador for their brand or a face of their brand or come and perform at their corporate events and really want to align themselves with what you're doing that's exciting and actually if you take that back a step as well there's an opportunity here for corporate sponsorship when it comes to things like the Academy as well. It's like, you don't just have to take the top one, 2%. If there's another nine, 10% of people with the, with the right training and right support could make it into that top one, 2%. Imagine being the organization that sponsors that development and builds that brand with that, builds that brand and that responsibility and that relationship with that person and the artist, you know, much earlier into the equation. Yes. hundred percent. That's clever. Totally I like agree. this. Michelle's nodding away in the background. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Maybe we should remind all your listener, listeners that they can actually know exactly what we're doing by uh, going on to the deas.hitlab.com and they immediately will have access to what we're talking about. You know, that could be uh, their immediate uh, visibility and understanding what HitLab is doing. Well, actually, even better than that, it's like, what? Well, here's one I prepared earlier. Check out the show notes below right now, and that link is right there. You can go click on it and have a mooch around the site whilst continuing to listen to the podcast. So um, there is a, there's a, a massive opportunity here for you. Talk to me about the, the TV show then. What's the – because I appreciate, you know, by that point, let's say COVID goes away in the next, I don't know, Let's be optimistic and say next six months, right? You're already going to be in multiple countries by that point. So what's the right. what's the plan with the television show in terms of the the international breakup and, and where you where you plan to air? Well, what we're planning to do, you know, the DAS, the way I structured it, is exactly structured as a TV series. So season one, which is going on now, then we'll start season two by early uh, 2022, by, let's say, April or May 2022, we'll already have winners from phase one and phase two. Thus, we'll be starting the production of Man vs. the Machine with the participants from the first two phase or first two season of the DEAS. Makes a lot of sense. Which will allow us to have participants from all over the world there will be you know it'll be a a nine episode tv series during the first eight will be the basic competitors from all those countries and in our first initial conversations with broadcasters they all had the same reaction not only will we be able to broadcast it in our own country but since today, most broadcasters also have what I call satellite branches of their 
They will be able to put the same identical show everywhere. You know, let's say you're a, a broadcaster in the U.S. who has also uh, offshoot in Europe, in South America, and Africa. They won't have to start from, you know, nothing to do the show because mm. the participants in America could be actually singing in eight or 10 different languages. Wow. So the same can be in Africa, in Europe, in Asia. So no more geolocalization. Mm. So each, you know, participant in each episode will do his thing, you know, on TV. But in the background, we'll have the, the human judges who will not know what the machine is actually giving a score until episode nine. That's clever. You know, so you know, we'll have the mix and match. That's why we called it man versus the machine. Well, it's also getting the, um, the audience engagement up, isn't it? So I think about things like Eurovision, for example, where people get behind the artists from their country or their location. And um, so now you're turning this into more of a global event rather than as a, uh, a specific or regional event, which, which you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, take just take American Idol, for example. You know, you've got X Factor and then you've got American Idol. One is, is tailor-made to the UK and one is tailor-made to the US. And whilst, you know, there is some interaction and some crossover, you know, the UK will not watch in the same kind of, with the same vigor, uh, American Idol as they would watch X Factor. However, Europe will come together for the likes of Eurovision and everybody will get involved and everybody will watch what's going on with different artists. And I, actually, just another thing that I've realized whilst whilst we've been discussing this actually that I think is is quite exciting is this also takes the guesswork out of um, which countries an artist is likely to be successful in, right? I mean, we've seen that many times, haven't we, where an artist who is very good in their in their natural market, in their home market, let's say, they try to branch overseas and it doesn't work out the way that they hoped it would. Um, whereas by using not only the algorithms, but the fan engagement and the audience engagement piece as well, you know, it, it, it really does take the guesswork out of that. Yeah. Well, we're basically, you know, instead of being Eurovision, we're global vision. Yeah, I music. like that. I think that's really, yeah. really clever. I think it's really, yeah. really clever. Yeah. Because you know, right what... now, you know, yeah. we basically what I did is copy-paste our African model everywhere else. Yes. And uh, I'm presently, you know, looking into the next step Southeast Asia, and especially with uh, the you know South Korea and its uh, you know wide and huge music market. Oh, K-pop, yeah. Well, finally, you know those huge Korean talent can actually be on a show with someone next to them singing in French, Italian, Spanish, English, and any other language. You know, it's it not always to be only English. Can I ask, is the show going to be genre-specific then, or is this going to be, as we see at the moment with a lot of these TV shows where, you know, one minute you can almost have, like, somebody doing a, a classical piece and the next piece it's it's rock and rap and, and, and you're really going to get the real mix, or are you going to break this up into, you know, here's your rock episode, here's your pop episode, here's this? What, what does that look like at the moment? Well, we could do both because, you know, 
basically our participants not only sing in any language, but in any genre. Exactly. So eventually, we could do man versus the machine rock, man versus the machine R&B, and on and on. Mm, that's clever. You know, everything is possible because, you know, it's all mathematics. Mm. It's not, you know, someone's opinion or someone's taste or tagging. It is quality of a song that we are, you know, analyzing. That's what excites me the most. I have to be honest. Is it? Is it? It no longer becomes the the popularity contest and how nice somebody looks whilst performing that song. It takes it right back to the quality of the artist, the quality of the voice, and the quality of the song. Uh, and I think that that's really exciting. Rick, can I ask about the NFTs? When when are you hoping to have that sort of live and, and available for people to start to be able to engage with? Well, we're just getting the legal framework right now uh, put to, to bed and. Um, we're finishing off the business case and uh, making sure we have all of our I's dotted and T's crossed. Uh, mm-hmm. I would suspect uh, we would also, we're also working on having an exchange, the NFT exchange uh, white labeled on our site mm-hmm. um, coming from the securities business. Uh, we would like to, to obviously trade the NFTs and we would like to focus, you know, on being the, biggest and best uh, NFT supplier of emerging artists globally. So uh, it's not going to be done overnight, but um, I would suspect it'll, It what are we, May? We're May, beginning of May. I would suspect, give us three to four months and we'll have uh, something tangible up. Mm. I love it, man. I love it. So before we go, because we've got we got about 10, 15 minutes left of this podcast now. So before we do that, who should be getting involved and, and who do you really kind of want to be be hearing from with this i mean what what is it i mean HitLab is is going to be the next big thing i have no doubt about that whatsoever and there's a lot that you're working on at the moment so so who should be getting involved and why well on my side definitely anyone who uses music you know not just the music industry but the film industry the tv industry and even the advertisers you know anybody who is looking to have the the right music for the right demographics uh, can use our services, you know, uh, ranging from uh, fast food chains who are always looking for playlists to mix and match demographics of their clientele or advertising who are, you know, who know how to create an incredible message, but are always wondering, will the music fit my message? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're all about. But I think, and that's more like Rick's area of expertise, the financial world, because we are, and, that's, and I think that's what you said, we are the future. Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, Phil, any, anyone that is trying to differentiate a brand, um, we're going to have such an inventory of artists that it will be truly extraordinary uh, and in terms of the choices that they're going to have, also investors, anyone seeking to invest in the next generation of of music via AI and the algorithms that we've created, and of course sponsors. Yes. Um, as Michelle uh, eloquently put, anyone that wants to get involved in in the beginning of the next, like you mentioned, the next Justin Bieber, mm. um, and those who are in early usually reap. Uh, the rewards. That's so true. 
There's a couple of things to say there, actually. So one of them is, as you well know, I do a lot of work across the emerging markets, and there are a lot of investors who are have already recognized the growth potential of those markets. So anything that is aimed at empowerment of both individuals, businesses, corporations, whatever within those locations will be exciting people, and, and they should definitely be getting involved. Um, but it's also, uh, and you touched on this uh, regarding the, the Justin Bieber thing, I mean, it's the... It's the ability to get involved in in what's next coming up and what's hot and how to identify those people. I mean, a good friend and mentor of mine, um, in fact, I think he's still currently ranked as like the number one passive income coach globally. He said that once you hear about an opportunity uh, in the mainstream, all the money's already gone from it because it's the people who get involved early and get involved quickly that reap all of the rewards. Um, and I firmly believe that that's very true. I mean, the second that you read about it in Wall Street Journal, it's already too late, right? The money's already gone. It's already happened, um, which is why they're writing about it. So how do people get involved in, in both perspectives? And so so we've, we've talked about artists, we've talked about businesses, and we've now talked about investors and sponsors. How do, how do each of those three types of people get involved? Well, it's very simple. Uh, anyone wishing to get involved can um, email myself or Michelle, rick at hitlab.com or michelle at hitlab.com or reach out on our website. It's very simple, www.hitlab.com. And um, we we respond to everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And we do that, you know, within a day or two latest, we have a, we're very much into follow-up, Rick and I. Yes. Well, do you know what? I mean, it's it, at this stage you can be, can't you? Because it, it, you're still at the point where you can have these conversations. I think we'll wonder whether it's still going to be a day or two when you've got 10, 20,000 people contacting you a day to learn more about this, which is <laughs> which is just around the corner. Um, <laughs> let's let's see how well you do responding within a day or two then. That, but, uh, that'll be the tipping point, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it we'll, will. We'll call on Alexa, Alexia to uh, do our... Um, Artificial intelligence responses. Exactly, exactly. So the AI is now being tuned, taken from the music and being t- taken to uh, responding to your emails. Um, yeah, no, I love it. Absolutely. Well, look, how do artists get involved as well? So we've talked about can you sing? We've talked about the grading. So uh, which stage are we at at the moment? I mean, are we talking, c- can people get involved with can you sing at this stage? And if not, when's that likely to be an option? Well, can you sing is almost ready to be launched amazing we we didn't want to launch everything at the same time i understand so that. basically uh we feel rick and i that by end of august early september will be the launch of you know everywhere on every platform of can you sing because can you sing not only is good you know for anyone to sing into their phone but it's great for gamification and uh, for gaming uh consoles as well so right now you know we're focusing on making sure the foundation and uh, you know everything for das which uses dna is set and by end of august early september then we'll do the same for can you sing you know we're very conservative in our approach because we want everything to be well structured Mm -hmm. before we just go out to the world. Completely agree. And Phil, if I may add, you know, the, can you sing app when we launch it, it it not only can be used for karaoke style or gamifications, but it can also be used for brands to, to promote contests 
and and mm. as well traditional artists or emerging artists to do contests. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's there's really no limit to how uh, the Can You Sing app can be used, and it is entirely flexible. And uh, you could have 30 winners, you could have 10 winners, and you know you can choose your prizes. You know, if you want to have a special music lesson with Justin Bieber, and um, you have 30 people attending a Zoom a Zoom lesson, I mean, mm. I, I think that would be pretty cool as a prize, right? So do I. So if I were in entering in the Justin Bieber Hit Lab Can You Sing contest, first of all, I'd probably get a 10. Uh, out of a hundred, I wouldn't get a very good score. I don't know what you're going to get. I can't sing either. Michelle may get a better score than all of us. <laughs> but, uh, in any event, if you get you know 30 winners of a Justin Bieber um, singing contest, just to be to be frank, if he gets 10% of his Facebook fans, you may have 10 or 20 million people. Oh, for sure. Um, using the app, and that's the power of this thing. It's highly scalable. Well, talking about obviously people who are involved already in, in what you're doing, even just touching on Acon for the African market. Um, I mean, Acon's reach across well, Acon's reach globally is huge anyway, but especially across Africa. If, if Acon is somebody who is involved in in what you're doing, is you know pushes out a contest, for example, uh, across Africa, and Acon, can you sing? I mean, could you imagine if first place was to perform, you know, a, a duet with him, perform a piece with him, uh, at one of his up and coming events? You know, even going down to sort of like tenth prize, which would be you know funding and sponsorship to put them through the academy to get them to the next level. Um, you know the the top two places are, are signed up for a a sponsorship deal or for a you know some sort of a, a an affiliate marketing deal or a um, an influencer marketing sort of opportunity. To, as you said, like the possibilities here are endless, and actually businesses can already start to to win from this pretty early doors. One hundred percent. And Acon is a is a significant shareholder and a and a big fan of um, Hitler. That, that doesn't at all surprise me. I mean, it doesn't surprise me for two reasons. Number one, he's, he's a very clever guy when it comes to business, so it doesn't surprise me that he's kind of got involved in this pretty early doors. Um, but also the fact that he is all about empowerment and especially empowering the emerging markets, right? Um, uh, anybody who's not seen what he's done when it came to sort of electricity, for example, across Africa, just go and Google it, right? And, and be in awe. Most people in North America um, don't have a clue what he's doing in Africa. And in Africa, he's done some absolutely extraordinary and, and amazing things. So he's truly a fine, fine individual that that's giving back to society. Yeah, I mean, because he's ch he's changing the landscape of what's going on out there. I mean, there were there were communities that. Um, you know, were off the grid. And when I say off the grid, they didn't have electricity, running water, let alone access to internet. Now they have electricity free. They have fiber optic internet cables. They are now able to, to do business with the rest of the world. And, and one of the things that I want to stress, because this is one of the things that I've learned, and, and actually it's a misconception that I've seen happen uh, from a lot of the more established market, is that they'll say things like, you know, it's great that Africa's now got better connectivity because then they can obviously can start to raise its game in terms of doing business with, with Africa. Well, let me just point something out, right? Necessity is the mother of all invention, okay? And we've become quite lazy in these established markets. You know, if our Amazon order's not here within a couple of hours, we start sulking. Um now, these markets not only have 
problems and now the ability to solve those problems. But I single-handedly know and work with businesses that are African-based that only do business with North America. Like take a, a, a marketing and ad agency, for example, that I know based in Cape Town. They only work with the US market. They don't even work with the African market. But they're about a third of the cost of the North American markets. And actually, most of the people in the business have MBAs and PhDs. So it's not just that they are, you know, they're raising their game. They're coming for you. They're going to make this market far more competitive. Globalization is a real thing. It's a big thing. And um, I love, I love what you're doing with HitLab. I, I don't think I can stress that enough. I think it's 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 ingenious. It's very very clever. I love the fact that it's combining the empowerment piece. I love the fact that there's ways for businesses to win from this. So, I am I am massively massively excited for your success, Michelle. Any parting words before we go, my friend, as to uh, as to what you would like people to know that we've not already covered? Well, that we are here. And we're going to hear, be here for a long time. And we're also we're already working on the next generation of AI for the music with uh, some very, very amazing partners. I'm excited. Rick, how about you, my friend? Just, Phil, thank you very much for your time. And, and um, if anyone's listening out there that likes what they, what they hear, uh, please don't be shy and give us a ring or give us an, drop us an email. Absolutely. And I would highly encourage people to do that. So whether you are an artist listening to this thinking, this is clever, I should get involved. Yes, you should. Whether you're a business or a corporation thinking, oh, there's some clever ways I think we could uh, we could make some money from this and it could be good for our business and our local community. Yes, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and a big one, because I know there'll be quite a few of you listening to this. Investors, I highly suggest you get involved quite quickly before you miss this boat, because this boat will be leaving the dock pretty soon. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Really, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to, to continuing our working relationship together. Long may your success continue. And um, yeah, until next time, guys, take care of yourselves and we'll see you then. This is Billionaires in Boxes, empowering 1 billion entrepreneurs, one podcast at a time. <laughs>